is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free on the site, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Right into your phone calls we go, and then we might get to some emails. First, we go to Justin in Washington. Justin, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Sam, and Mark. Justin, in Washington, are you there? Going once, Justin in yes. Washington. Hello. Hello, you're on the air. Hello. Hey, you're on the air. What's on your mind tonight? Oh, I had two points I wanted to make. Uh, okay. One was about a comment you guys made last night about uh, fire departments basically bidding on your house as it burns down. Yes. And just uh, historically interesting to me, uh, it actually has happened before by a man known as Cassius in Roman times. He's actually one of the wealthiest uh, men to ever live, and he had around $400 billion at his peak. And um, he actually did bid on people's houses as they burnt to the ground, obviously lowering the price as the fire burned. Okay. So, I don't know. I just thought it was You guys said that it was ridiculous that it would as an idea that it would happen, but it has happened in the past. Well, I understand, but it's also kind of ridiculous that people would uh, be crapping in holes in their yard, but they used to, <laughs> right? Oh, yeah, no, it, it's, it's just interesting. ridiculous that they yeah. do their clothes in a stream, but they used to. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, yes, I can only work with what, what's going on today, and I'm sure that that has happened. Um, I've also heard that in when uh, prior to fire departments were privatized, as it were, they were really just clubs that uh, enterprised on what the uh, the insurance companies would pay for you know stopping a fire, but these... Uh, these clubs, I've heard they got in fights, um, you know, over who would get to put the fire out in front of the burning building, and then, you know, the the, the fire, <laughs> the building burned down. I've, I've heard that, too. Yeah, I've actually yeah. read a little bit of history about firefighters, and the fire plugs, or the fire hydrants, were called plugs because back in the old days, they used to hollow out logs, and then they would put cork plugs in the logs, and that's where that they, they would get the water from. Now, in the in the very early days, they would have to run their uh, pump out, which is on wheels. They'd have a, a crew of four or five men running down the street, pushing it. And what they would do is if multiple firehouses would respond to one single fire, they would send one guy ahead to guard the plug. So you would get so that their team would get the, the most prestigious spot next to the fire and they would be able to get the credit. So meanwhile, if another station's uh, pump team gets there first and they're ready to go and start putting out the fire the other house, the other guy from the other station may be blocking off that plug, letting the the, the place burn down, essentially just for the for the prestige or the attention that that, that their firehouse would get, and it's it's ridiculous. People really have this, um, I don't know, this perception that the the fire department is great and good and perfect and flawless. Well, I mean, it, throughout history, civil service has been rewarded with prestige and honor in society. I mean, it's yes. only logical that we carry on throughout different institutions. Yeah, good point. Justin, thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. So, Mark, let's go into your email box here. Do you have something for us? Yeah, I think I got something for you. Um, so, this is, uh, it starts out, it's... Um, and important, please do not disclose my name or uh, amount of dollars on the air. So, uh, Jim Huskins writes, um, got two letters so far from what? the... Uh, 
It's just did you just make that name up? Yeah, I did. Okay. okay. <laughs> From the City of Los Angeles Bureau of uh, Street Services, finding me for posting flyers on city light poles. So he gives, oh he gives amounts here, and I wouldn't call them unsubstantial fines. Um, hmm. Hundreds? Thousands? Uh, hundreds. Okay. Just, just under thousands? Yeah. Okay. I think I will have uh, more fines coming in since I posted more flyers than this. I try to prove. Oh dear. Uh, I, I try to remove them after two or three weeks of posting, but sometimes the city gets them before I do. I have an appointment Thursday morning to see if I can settle for a smaller amount. Otherwise, I pay the full so I can, can continue to operate my business. Got any advice that you guys would suggest? Do they have evidence that he posted them, or did he ad- admit to this, or? I doesn't, it doesn't say. It doesn't say that. Yeah, I, that's a good question. If you go around not. posting flyers with a con with contact information for somebody who is not you, like the city council members. Yeah, is the individual <laughs> whose contact information it is on the flyer responsible for that? Right. I mean, if 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 I didn't like someone, could I f- post flyers for their business around and they'd get fined? It's, that's what it sounds like. Unless he actually was caught in the act. Is that what he's saying? That he he's was caught in the that, act no. of? No, he's not saying that. So we don't, we don't have them on the line, so it's hard to really ascertain what the exact situation is. I mean, well, it looks like they find the, they, they find the fl- flyers, and then um, they find the business that the flyers are for, and that makes perfectly good sense to me, doesn't it? I mean, it would seem likely that the business that's posting the flyers is the business that's doing it. However, you, it have, would the, seem that way, you yeah. have the un- the the law of unintended consequences when dealing with the government, mm-hmm. and the unintended consequence here is, huh? Businesses get fined for posting flyers, do so, they? Yeah, you could so make So I a, could post my competition's flyers. Right, around City Hall. I mean, there's no real reason to post them anywhere else. You don't else, want actually, anybody <laughs> actually see them, no. Right, exactly. So you just do it around City Hall, and then they'll spot them when they come out to go to work in the morning, and they'll fine your competitor hundreds of dollars. At least that's what we're presuming goes yeah. on, and it, it sounds believable. I mean, after all, how much investigation is the government agent going to do? they'll find out what the business's name is. Right. I mean, they know that if they write up some sort of fine and they send it to you, you're likely going to pay it. You almost have to. Otherwise, you're going to be put out of business. Or they'll uh, send you to jail. You might be able to stay in business if you can afford a trip to jail. It could be that uh, in this case, they could just pull your uh, business license. Oh, yeah. They can definitely do something like that. So what does he do in this particular case? Sam, what do you, you got any ideas for him? <laughs> Uh, uh, it's hard to say uh, without having the information of what he's told them so far, how he's responded to it. Uh, if he's already admitted to, yeah, I put these up and, oh, I'm so he's sorry. He's done for. Yeah, you, uh, probably not much you can do. He can do. try the negotiation thing to try to negotiate it down. Yeah, and, and I mean, they're... Which is what he's going to do, apparently. And what incentive do they have to lower the, the price or, or to do anything reasonable here? But otherwise, if he hadn't admitted to it, he could basically say, uh, you're going to need to prove that it was me. Yeah, right. exactly. Well, the problem, I agree with you that you would have to uh, prove it, but then it gets less and less likely that it was a uh, it was a vandal or, uh, you know, a, a person with in, uh, evil intent doing it every time he gets caught for it. Like he just keeps on posting the flyers and mm-hmm. keeps on getting they keep, he keeps on getting uh, them pulled down. They keep on giving him fines and he keeps on saying, it's not me. I swear at some point <laughs> it just gets ridiculous. Right. I think maybe next time if you make flyers. Put your ad on like one the top half of the page, and then on the bottom half, put an ad related to the city councilors' businesses, so that it's <laughs> part of the same flyer. And then you're probably going to be okay. 
Toll free 800-259-9231. Perhaps you have some ideas for our emailer as to what he could do in this situation. You're welcome to chime in here and to the discussion as we continue with your phone calls. We'll talk to Matthew in California. Matthew, you're on Free Talk Live. Lost credit cards. Hi, Hi, this is Matthew from California. How you guys doing? Hey, Good. Matthew. Back for your final round of questions. The questions uh, you're asking I'll... for your, uh, your, your college class on the radio business. Uh, I actually have tomorrow I'll be calling on the Saturday show. Hopefully I'll be able to get through because I know that's your most popular night. Okay. So, but I'll get right to it. Um, who, in your opinion, are the biggest movers and shakers in your industry, and how do you feel that they have impacted the industry? Who are the biggest movers and shakers in the talk radio industry? I mean, the, the sort of the, the generic answer would be Rush Limbaugh, though he's not really moving and shaking anymore. I mean, Rush Limbaugh's on top, and he's been on top for a long time, but when you're on top as he is, he can't really move anywhere else. He's got 600 affiliates, and he's in every single market in the country, so... Although, when he shakes... Everything gets shook. That's true. Uh, when Rush Limbaugh says something, uh, people make it a big deal. He's got, to, what, 22 million listeners? Uh, it's just incredible. So when Rush Limbaugh says, hey, this product's good, or, uh, you know, call this person, or do whatever, my God, things happen. Dave Ramsey is a big, I would say he's a big mover. Uh, he's he's on one over, of the independent, uh, up-and-coming independents. Yeah. He's on over 400 radio stations. He does a financial help talk show and is incredibly popular. Mm-hmm. And he's done it all on his own. He is not syndicated by one of the big boys out there. He's done it all himself, kind of like we are working on. Glenn Beck is uh, taking market share like you wouldn't believe. Um, also, coming over to our way of thinking at the same time, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, I was going to name Glenn Beck as well. 800-259-9231. Matthew, I know you have another question, so hang on. We'll come back with that and your calls about whatever you want. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Sam. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features we give to you, so enjoy those on us, including the bulletin board system. Over 400,000 posts await you. Lots to talk about, from serious issues to fun stuff. You'll find it all free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. And according to the Computer Privacy Handbook, normal Internet technology is the most comprehensive surveillance system ever invented. Put a stop to email snooping with an easy-to-use email alternative, privacyharbor.com, because normal email is not secure. That's privacyharbor.com. As we continue with your phone calls, Matthew is on the line from California. He's been asking us questions all week, every single day, calling with two new questions that uh, is helping him with his, well, a, a report he's writing up for college class uh, about talk radio. You're in a radio curriculum in, in college, and so continue with your questions. All right, sirs, I thank you again. Can you think of a time when you were ready to throw in the towel, and what got you through or changed your mind about the situation? I was really frustrated after the Janet Jackson nipple situation. I don't know, what was that, uh, 2003, I think Sounds it was? right. We were on AM radio at the time, and we were paying for airtime at the station that we were on just so we could keep the show going, and we'd been doing so for about six or seven or eight months. And then the whole Janet Jackson thing went down, and the industry overreacted, and I guess I overreacted a little bit as well. 
course, we were also at a station where the station manager was also overreacting about these things. And so everybody just kind of freaked out um, because of what was going on kind of in the industry at the time. And I decided to pull Free Talk Live off of the radio uh, at that time because of the just climate of fear that was permeating the radio business at that time. So I, I pulled Free Talk Live off the radio, and we continued doing an Internet-only show until later on. We changed to a different station where we weren't paying for airtime, and we came back to the air. Okay, and Mark, do you have any follow-up for that? Or? Yeah, um, there was uh, a couple of years ago, maybe two and a half years ago, we moved uh, here to New Hampshire. And um, when we did, I just didn't like being away from home. You were homesick. Yeah, more or less. I mean, you know, there's... Do you want mommy? New Hampshire, I wouldn't go that far. But I, mean, <laughs> I grew up in Sarasota, Florida. I lived there, you know, all of my life that I, you know, wasn't uh, forced to live elsewhere. And... I just, you know, the the sunlight's different here. The seasons are different. Uh, I the day that I decided that I was going to, you know, I wasn't. I just couldn't handle it anymore. I had visited a town that was uh, kind of industrial and dirty, and like I just, I just couldn't get into it all. And uh, what got me through is I essentially I love doing my job so much that. Uh, I didn't really have any other options. I could go back to Florida and not work at Free Talk Live, or I could stay here and see how things went, how I felt in a you know a year or something like that. So I decided to stick it out for a period of time, and I didn't have a real specific time, and see how I felt. And essentially, you know, every every month it got a little better. I I liked it, you know, I liked it more. And at this point, I don't really care much for the idea of uh, returning to Sarasota, Florida. Okay. Thank you, gentlemen, very much. I look forward to speaking to you tomorrow night. Thank you, Matthew, and uh, continued good luck with your report. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Let's talk to Seth in New Hampshire. Seth, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Sam, and Mark. Seth? Hey, Hey, you're on the air. So I was walking through the kitchen, and I happened to hear a little bit, I believe it was a Wednesday's show. My wife is playing Free Talk Live on her iPod. Good woman there. What sorry was that? Good woman, her. Yes, she is. And uh, I was thinking, uh, and I heard I heard some, a caller who was upset about some things that you had said about Christianity or the Bible. I don't exactly know what what all was going on. I I didn't listen to that that day's show in its entirety, but I did hear something about babies and whether they go to heaven. And I thought I'd call in because I do have the answer to that because that is in the Bible. Oh, is it? You were asking where it was, and uh, it's in Second Samuel. Uh, 1223, it's when David, you know, all, you all know the story of David, and he commits adultery and uh, kills the woman's husband. Bathsheba. So have this woman. Is that the same David as from the Goliath story, or is it yes. a different David? Same okay. David. That's the same David. And uh, he, before, when he, when he killed Goliath, he was just <clears> another guy. He then became king later on, second king of Israel, I believe. And his, um, his baby that he had with, in this, affair with Bathsheba died. And when his baby, his baby was sick and he went on a fast, which was the way of basically pleading to God to save his baby. And when his baby died, um, he says that he will stop fasting. And he says the reason he stops fasting is because his baby is gone and he can't bring him back. Well, this is actually what the Bible says in uh, New American Standard. It says, but now he has died. Why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? No, I will. I will go to him, but he cannot return to me. So the idea is David saying, "I'll go. I'll go to him when I die," um, which indicates that he goes. The baby goes to heaven, which makes sense, I think. 
Well, it makes sense I mean, because if you're going to create a religion in your mind and out of thin air, nobody wants sure. to. Uh, nobody wants to believe in a religion <laughs> that sends babies to hell. Sure. However, right. when you look at the, uh, the the sort of the construct of Christianity today, the concepts behind it, that we are all judged for our actions at the end of time. Not, excuse me, not for our actions. We are all judged at the end of time, and we have all sinned and come short of the gl- glory of God. And only those that ask Jesus to come into their heart as their personal Lord and Savior will be, um, you know, at, at judgment, will have him stand up before them, and the rest are damned to hell. In Except fact, the babies, your right? dead babies are going to hell. Hell. I mean, Wait, that's that's the concept. That's what they're saying now. No, that's that's the concept behind Christianity, and, and there's this sort of uh, caveat. There's this except addendum the yeah. to it where they say, "Oh, except babies. Come on, well, you can't." At what age? I mean, at what age do people do people become uh, responsible for deciding whether or not um, they should have accepted Jesus? I mean, I know my mom started teaching me just as young as I possibly could be. I was in Sunday school class at you know two years old to make sure you'd get saved right so you know they've got this uh, this i don't know i'm sorry i just uh, got a real problem with it the the the, uh the teaching is that you have to be old enough to make a decision so it's not like you know government rules where you're turn 18 and all of a sudden you magically can do things tomorrow that you couldn't do yesterday um now when i when i feed jack sometimes we'll put down different kinds of food i put down black beans today corn today and cut up chicken nuggets now Mm, right (laughs) right. and peaches uh the 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 canned peaches uh in slices so they can sort of grab them and it's not doing real well with them they slide a little bit and jack likes black beans i don't understand where this kid got this whole vegetable thing from but he likes vegetables and vegetation better than he likes meat and fruit and so he chooses every time. I mean, you could just watch it happening. He goes for the vegetables yep. and the beans and stuff like that. So Jack makes decisions. What kind of decision do you have to be able to make? Well, I would I would think that that would indicate that Jack can make indica- uh, decisions about what kind of food he eats. But I don't know if that necessarily makes his decisions about his spiritual life or what he believes religious-wise. How you know, old the, does one have to be, right, though? Because Jack's not going to get exposed. I'm not going to expose different. my child to um, to this Jesus nonsense. I'm not going to mm-hmm. do it. I do not, I'm do not. i not going to ride him with the kind of guilt that I've been ridden with in my life. So, mm-hmm. at, you know, at what, at what point is he responsible? I think it's different for every person. And, um, <laughs> I think that, I think that that's I, fair, I and, I and he is the, God. I think the most sensible... I mean, for instance, when you when you when you commit a crime in the common law, you had to you, you had to have a mental state of intending to do it. In other words, if you accidentally hurt someone, it's completely different than purposely hurting someone. It's the difference between assault and negligence. Mm-hmm. And the idea that you I know you're trying to make a point. Hang on, Seth. We're going to have to bring you back. More come up. You bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Sam. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features we give to you. So enjoy those on us, including the archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, just click and download. They're right there on the front page of the website for your downloading convenience completely free. And they go back for an entire year. Uh, All of that free for you at Free Talk Live dot com 
And have the stories of civil disobedience here in New Hampshire touched, moved, and inspired you, but you're unable for whatever reason to be involved? Well, now you can. The Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund at cdevolution.org allows you to care for these brave men and women by financially supporting them while they face down the organizations that operate through violence and coercion. cdevolution.org. You can contribute a one-time contribution or get on board for a monthly contribution of whatever amount you choose. Plus, you can also purchase your computer products at newegg.freetalklive.com. And when you enter Newegg through that link, cdevolution.org will get a percentage of your purchase price. So again, that's newegg.freetalklive.com. As we go back to Seth in New Hampshire. Seth, you were trying to make a point there. We ran out of time. So go ahead and recap and start over there, if you would, please. Yeah. So basically, the, the question was, well, how old do you have to be? Babies, we established that uh, babies, if they die, and the Christian religion believes that they go to heaven, uh, based on the book of Second Samuel, and the question then was, well, how old do they have to be? And I said, it depends, and said that to some laughter. But I don't think that's too, um, <laughs> I don't think it's a difficult uh, idea. I mean, for instance, I was going to go into some explanation based on common law and blah, 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 but I think it'd be simpler just to say, I've heard uh, you both discuss in the program um, statutory rape laws and how they can be unjust because, Yesterday, you know, yesterday you go to jail for how many years and are a sex offender, and tomorrow it's perfectly okay. Um, and the idea being, well, if someone can consent, you know, what's the problem? Mm-hmm. But uh, the problem that we have is we don't know when each individual reaches an age of maturity that would allow them to consent to sex at a different age, and in the court system just doesn't have the resources to figure that out, so they set an arbitrary date. And I don't think that... Uh, in the Christian religion, the basic idea is that God doesn't have those limited resources, and He can He can decide when someone um, reaches that that moment. So it's a nice thing about omniscience. That's the difference. It, it, yeah, it, exactly. It, it absolutely it's is. About being God. Right, and you know, like as I said, if you were going to make up a religion, that's that's what you'd make up. But you wouldn't make up the baby, babies go to hell. However, um, I've got some questions now. So uh, mm-hmm. probably people that are mentally incapacitated, uh, people that are you know crazy or retarded or whatever term you mm-hmm. want to use, they probably don't go to hell either because they don't have the capacity to make a decision, right? I, it would seem to me that that would make sense. Okay, so what if I um, became able to make decisions at 12 years old? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the Jewish, uh, you know, I, I know that you become a man at about 12 or 13 in the Jewish religion. Decisions of the right. spiritual type of, yeah. uh, type of which the, Seth those, is referring to? Yeah, those types of religion, uh, those, those type. And then the day after, uh, God, would have deci- God would decide that I'm able to make this decision because he's omniscient. I get hit in the head with a uh, an axe handle, and I've, I'm crazy for the rest of my life. So I've been I've been able to make a decision that one time. <laughs> um, do I then am I then going to go to hell because I didn't on that single day uh, make the decision to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior? There may be an answer in the Bible. I don't know. It. I don't. Uh, I don't think that one's in there. So I, Seth, I, I, you are one of the Christian. You you believe as a Christian that there is a hell. Um, yes, I do. And you believe that if you don't accept Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior bit, then you will go there. No matter how much good you've done in your life, no matter if you've never harmed another person, no matter if you've always been a good individual, as long as you don't accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you burn for all eternity. Is that your viewpoint? If you've never harmed another person, I 
that that would be something to consider. I don't believe there's ever been a, a human being alive that's uh, ever not harmed another person. But Jesus said that even if you, it, but Jesus said that if you send in your heart, it's as good as uh, having sinned in the real world. So I mean, that's true. And it's pretty clear that all have sinned and fallen short. So you know, there I, it, there right. is that's somebody out there. I, I think the hypothetical is, is is just that hypothetical. I don't think there is a person who has reached that level. I don't really think there ever will be either. I, I do believe in the human condition, the idea that human beings are born basically having, you know, basically having problems. They're selfish, and if they can hurt other people to get their way... Whoa, people, whoa, 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 whoa. People are born selfish and wanting to hurt other people? Um, I think people are born selfish, yes. Now, people, whether they whoa. hurt other people... People are born... Sorry, People are born with a blank slate. They know they know nothing of judgment. They know nothing of beliefs. They, they are simply children, there to experience. Children are born as little sociopaths. But that's what the Christian belief is I'm that sorry. you are born born into sin. That you are inevitably uh, you are tainted from the moment you come out of the womb. I wouldn't disagree with it. I'm with Mark, uh, who has as the child. I think that babies are born basically selfish, and they. They want what they want, and that the only saving grace is that they don't have the ability to <laughs> enact their will, because if they did, we'd be in trouble. Well, what's wrong with being selfish? Um, I, I, I think I don't think it's necessarily wrong in every situation. I think it's rational to be selfish. The problem is when you hurt other people to get what you want. So you're saying you that, okay, that, okay, let me, so let me see, see if I understand Jack where you're coming from. Jack would initiate force. If he could to get what he wants, I see that. Okay, so so you were saying that up to a certain point of which uh, young people are able to make to, are not able to make decisions once they reach to a certain point where uh, your God will omnisciently know what that point is. It's not any particular set age or time. Once they reach that point, then they uh, then they can essentially be subject to going to hell. So let's say that uh, you know thirteen is about that age, and at age thirteen, young uh, Ian or Mark or Sam does something to harm another person. They uh, push somebody at the in the schoolyard for instance and then right. later on in their life they decide that pushing people is wrong and that they do not wish to harm others they have come to the understanding that in order to be free they must allow others freedom and that sort of thing and and they mm -hmm. internalize that and they for that from the the point of age 15 on are no longer uh, enacting harm upon others so you're saying that because uh, because when they were 13, they pushed somebody in the schoolyard, they never found Jesus after that, they're going to hell, even though the rest of their lives were lived uh, not harming others and doing good things. I, again, that hypothetical, assuming it's true, and I don't believe it's possible. Um, I, you don't believe adults can go through their lives without hurting other, uh, other adults? Um... Are you violent? I, I, Are you harming people? I mean, what was the, when's the last time you hurt somebody, Seth? I mean, when was the last time you did harm to another? Well, let's see. I mean, uh, my wife and I have had fights in the last few weeks where I've said things that I regret saying um, out of selfishness because I was... So you can actually speak harm. You, you believe that you can actually speak harm to another person? So that you, so you're, you could be sent to hell for just the words that come out of your mouth? I believe so, and I think it was wrong of me. Um, Seth, do you, think you know, do you think heaven and hell could exist right now in your life? I, I I understand what you're asking. I, no, I, I, not not that's not my understanding of it. I mean, figuratively, sure. Uh, tell me what you understand of what I'm asking. I'm curious about that. Um, basically, I I believe heaven and hell are real literal places, and I can understand. I, being in heaven and hell, figuratively on earth, sure, but literally, no. 
And you don't think it has anything to do with maybe a, your state of mind, how you how you perceive the world around you, how I how I perceive whether or not I'm in hell. Has yes, to do with I, I mean, mind. well, there there are people who go about living life with all of these beliefs of the way it is, of the way the the world works, and you know, people are evil, and and this this always happens, and these people mm-hmm. are always like this. What if that's what Jesus was talking about, in, you know, in his teachings? What if it was really your personal state of mind and trying to show people that they have choice over their own perspective of the world, and that choice determines whether they're in heaven or in hell, really? It's, it's an interesting concept that I'd be willing to consider. It's just I, I don't—I'm I, interested in if people can take something that Jesus said and say, look, this is how I view it. I think that's I always I, I always find it interesting and I think it has merit. Mm-hmm. It's it's when people are like, well, I think Jesus would never say this, or I, don't you think Jesus? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, if if he said it, I can try to interpret it, but just based on well, but who's to say what, what Jesus, Jesus said? It was it's been rewritten. the the book The Bible has been rewritten several times. It's been amended right. over the years. Translated. Who's to say what was really in there? Seth, I've got some questions. We're going to bring you back for more here. Uh, Seth, one of the more Christian members, I believe, of the Free State Project. We will continue our discussion here in moments and take your calls about what you want. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You bring up anything. It's Ian here with you. And Sam. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features we give away, so enjoy those on us at freetalklive.com. If you like this show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become a Free Talk Live amplifier for as little as three bucks a month. We take that money in, reinvest it into the show, and get more radio stations on board with the program, bringing new stations on board, bringing new internet listeners on board as well, and exposing new people to the ideas of freedom and liberty. So head over to amp.freetalklive.com. You'll get access to perks like the amp-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. As we go back to your phone calls... We will go back to Seth in New Hampshire. Seth, uh, you're back on Free Talk Live. You're a Free State Project member, and you're one of the more, I would say, devoted Christian members of the Free State uh, Free State Project. And, of course, you're now on the line with three pantheists, uh, for lack of a better term. And, uh, Mark, you had some questions. Sam, I believe you wanted to address a couple things, so uh, jump on in there. Seth is with us. So, uh, Seth, um, it, it just I guess I don't have a problem with the Christian religion as it's practiced today as far as, uh, you know, people, the, the Christians are generally are good folks who... Except uh, for the ones that want to push their way on you through the force of the state. There's that. There's the Pharisees, certainly among them. But, um, you know, generally good folks that uh, conduct good lives, and I, I'm, I'm for that. I'm for social organizations that uh, you know get people to act in a, a better fashion and and all those things. However, what bothers me the most is the the hard sell of it all. Um, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And if you don't, you're going to hell. It's that last part that bugs the crap out of me. Well, there, there's that. I, I agree with you. Don't the direct- ideas are are good in practice, but really, it's the application when the way that. They practice all this and the things that they have people do in church and and just when you get when you put the pastors in there and they're 
they're they're really they become salespeople. I mean, they're they're selling, trying to get as many seats in the chair so that they'll get the donations that they need to continue what they're doing. I think. Well, it, I I don't it think it's in quite it the the mercenary fashion for the vast majority of them. I think they really do want to save your immortal soul. Oh, absolutely. But you know, in in the process, sometimes people can get over overzealous. So, Seth, um, in the it, you know, once you get to that point of, uh, you know, saying that if you don't believe what I say, um, then, in fact, you're going to burn for all eternity, then I think that that's where it all goes off the tracks. Um, mm-hmm. What about the, I mean, would a fair and just God on Judgment Day when I'm standing there before him and I'll have no, I'll have no Jesus attorney standing next to me, um, and, unless I've, I'm wrong about uh, how things work out, and um, I say to God, Look, God, it's my understanding that this Bible is a mistranslation of a mistranslation. And to prove that, in fact, the, your, your son's name isn't even right here. I mean, it's not Jesus, it's Yeshua. And that's all I need, God, to realize that they, they, they took the protagonist of this 2,000-page book and they got his name wrong. I mean, I really don't need any more. Inf- I didn't need any more information to tell me that this book is a mistranslation and a mistake, and I can't believe exactly what it says. And if I can't believe exactly what it says, I don't know what to believe. So I'll conduct my life in a good and spiritual fashion, and that's where I'm going to go with it. So, I mean, a fair and just God to me isn't going to send me to hell for that action. Well, let me just say two things real quick. Yes. A lot got said there. First of all. Um, I do, as Ian said, I am a libertarian and a Christian, um, and I do, of course, support freedom of conscience. Whatever you want to believe, I don't believe that's my business. Sure. Um, But I do kind of have a problem with, and I'll I'll just say this and leave it at this, I don't understand the, the, um, the negativity towards Christianity that kind of permeates libertarianism. Um. And I find it, I guess it kind of came from Ayn Rand, that her influence in the libertarian movement. I'm not sure. I just find it to be, I mean, libertarians by definition are tolerant people most of the time until you bring up religion. And then it seems like all tolerance goes out the window. Not you three. You three have been, you know, you've been just exchanging ideas. But We've gotten sure better over the years. I mean, it used to be. Now, I'd like I to used say, to be very angry at Christianity. I was intolerant of Christianity before I was a libertarian. I mean, I, I just, me too. I, I'm, I'm darn bitter, uh, and I'm sure that people listening can tell. But go ahead. Yeah, so I just wanted to say that. And then the other thing is about um, I can't speak for most pastors. I think I, I mean because as you know, Christianity is huge. It has a thousand different sections, you know. And I, I can only speak for what I personally believe. But I know my my father is is and was um, a Baptist minister. Mm-hmm. So I grew up as a pastor's child. Oh, boy. And Yeah, exactly. And uh, it was not pleasant. But the I know my dad never got rich off uh, running a church, and I know it took, it, it still does, it takes a lot of effort and a lot of emotional, um, you know, people don't see how much work it takes to run any organization. You know, but, you know, it, it's hard work. And like I said, he never got rich off of it. Um, we didn't live high on the hog or anything. So I, I, I don't have a problem believing that some preachers just say whatever they want, think people want to hear to get people in the pews, and then you see these people on television, you know, send me $50 and I'll send you a $3 silly pen or something. But I, I just know from my personal experience that's not everybody. Seth, I would agree. I think there are a lot of churches out there that do some really great things in the community. They get their members together and they build houses for Habitat for Humanity. They 
They uh, help out families that are in need in the area. They do some really, really wonderful things. My problem with uh, with organized religion is it, it also works in an aspect of control over people's lives and starts to tell them how to live their life. And I think you're in the best decision. You're in the best place to determine what's best for you. But that's not I what religion says. Map. But that's not what organized religion says. Organized religion says you will accept what we say. Don't yeah. listen to yourself. Don't listen to your own experiences. Don't rely on that. Rely on what this old book says or what this man in a robe says up on you know this podium. I say that too. I say, look, you can conduct your life in any way you wish as long as you don't harm another individual. I've got a code right. and rule that I'm going to hold everyone else to. And if, in fact, you violate that code and rule in front of me, it may be that I have to kill you in order to stop you from doing it. So I'm going to be – I don't have a problem with their uh, – uh, code of conduct, I think that some of it gets a little darn specific. No masturbating, unless you're older and you got a wife, and then it's okay. Uh, but, you know, like, and all this weird stuff that they've got, um, as far as, uh, you know, that they've picked up. You don't have a problem years. with it, Mark? The fact that these people just lay down this code, and they just say, well, it's from God, and so you must obey. It just takes thinking out of the picture. It takes critical thinking out of the picture for these, uh, these followers, and I think that's I think that's the critical sad. thinking comes in whether or not it's true. I think that critical thinking does often get, and you might be surprised to hear me say this, I think that most of the people sitting in the pews do not think for themselves. Absolutely. However, I think most of the people in the world don't think for themselves. It's but that they're encouraged to not do those things. They aren't given the opportunity to. They're told a story about why they should think the way these people think they should think, and they're told mm-hmm. that they'll burn in all eternity if they don't think that way, and so they lock themselves in and say, well, I don't want to burn, so I might as well believe what this guy says, and then I they just go don't. off and they you know, they coast through the rest of their lives. And, and, it, and the, government, the government schools teach them how to respect authority, follow orders, and stand on your ex. I did want to actually get say say something before I let you go. Speaking of, and this is kind of going off in a different direction, but the whole, you know, the government schools teach you to obey authority, and there's something that always likes to get quoted from Christianity, which is Romans 13, that uh, uh, obey those that have the rule of you, for there's no power but of God, the powers that are ordained of God. So the idea is a lot of people say, well, Christianity says you have to obey every law that's laid down. And one of my favorite verses is Acts 5.29, where... If you read Paul, Paul, who I'm sure you've heard of, the Apostle Paul, he wrote 13 books of the Bible. Yep, darn. About him. Yep, go ahead. He um, he was uh, one of his, in Acts 5:29. He was thrown in jail for the umpteenth time for disobeying a law, which said he wasn't supposed to preach about Christ. And he said, "I have to obey God rather than men." And uh, I think that uh, is an important part of Christianity, and it's also an important part of American liberty, because I believe that as a being, I'm endowed by my Creator with certain unalienable rights. And if you, as a government, violate those rights, I am duty-bound as a Christian to disobey you. Okay, I think that's fantastic. To show you how far organized religion has strayed from that original intent, the government is talking to the preachers and telling them, look, if you see anything unusual, you need to report it to us, and you know we may have to come in and take guns. We need you to tell your... Uh, your uh, flock, yeah, your flock yep. to just give them up. I mean, 
they're they're sitting there working with the government, and I think Jesus what did stand up against authority. I think and, you're right about that. No. I think that's part of the reason why you find this anti-organized religion fervor amongst libertarians because they see how the state was created to control mankind, and they also see how organized religion was created to control mankind, and it probably frustrates them, Seth, that Absolutely. the people that are so deeply involved too. in organized religion just don't see that. They don't see it like they see it with the state, and it probably is confusing to them. It's been a good conversation. I thank you for the call tonight. Uh, people have been waiting patiently. We'll get to the rest of you if you're on hold. Uh, in moments here, hour number two is coming up. You can comment on this. Uh, we've kind of been having an off-and-on theological discussion all week long, or you can bring up whatever you want at 800-259-9231. Plus, there's a little bit of good news and a little bit of bad news coming out of Washington, D.C. We'll get to that, too, if we get a chance. It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number two of the show. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features we give away. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Going right back into your phone calls. We'll start things out with, with Mike in Mississippi. Mike, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Uh, good evening, gentlemen. How are you doing? Hey, what's on your mind tonight, Mike? Uh, I got a question. Where where do we all lose control about like? Uh, all right, let me let me back up. Uh, my, my my head is just spinning over this whole conversation I just had with. Oh, I know. I know who we're talking mother. to. It's former co-host Mike. Uh, hey, yeah, hi, 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 Ian. Hey. Um, yeah, um, I was having this this talk uh, at the dinner table uh, with uh, Laura, my girlfriend, and her mom um, about. I guess how uh, this is relating back to Florida, uh, where we both lived and, and, and uh, where I took part in the show there, about how they're, they're offering um, or, or having to offer an online alternative for school, uh, for students. And uh, then, then somehow or other, the conversation switched to um, one of the reasons why it's being offered is because of, the, I guess, the lack of control in the, in the classroom and this and that and people being afraid of, getting sued and, you know, for, I, I, what, I guess, you know, telling a kid not to act, act up and sit down and, you know, keep his mouth shut and da-da-da-da-da. And, and, and I'm just wondering, like, where we all lost control uh, of this whole thing because it just, it just seems mind-boggling to me and my head is just spinning. Like, I didn't realize that, that things had gotten that messed up, that, that, you know, people who were supposed to be in authority, as in teachers, school administration, principals, that sort of thing, uh, are becoming, I guess, afraid to approach children and, uh, you know, try to keep them in line? Well, you know, it's a good question. I'm sure there are a lot of answers to it, and I think that it's true that kids are probably acting out more today in government schools than they ever did in the past. And I would think probably the number one reason for it is kids just don't respect 
their teachers as uh, authority figures. They don't respect the principals and because and the, and the various different administrators there. And that's probably because they do things that are not worthy of respect. They probably what? act like authoritarian thugs, and they probably have arbitrary, stupid rules like dress codes and things like that that the kids disagree with on an, uh, you know, a very basic level. They're trying to okay. prevent them from dis- uh, displaying their individuality in, in many ways. And the rules, in, in many cases, the rules are pretty ludicrous. And so if you've got a bunch of ludicrous rules that you're telling kids to follow and to be respectful of, but you, they can't possibly respect them, then they couldn't possibly also respect the people that are uttering those rules, and that would be the administrators and by proxy the teachers. And the kids acting out is a reflection of the value that they're getting out of sitting there in classroom. Absolutely. That's why they're acting out more. Well, see, the other thing, I, I guess maybe one thing that I see, and, and uh, or, or one reason why I think that that's happening is because I don't think there's the same amount of attention being uh, being given on the home front. Like, okay, you know, when I was growing up, because I'm you know, a little bit older than you guys, you know, you didn't have two parents that were working. You didn't have um, an empty house when you came home from school. You had people that were, um, I guess, kind of laying down the law. I, I, I guess is maybe a, word, a way to word it. You know, people that were that were there to sort of. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't really... The rules of life to you and, and set you, you know, always keep keep you on the straight and narrow instead of allowing you to kind of, uh, you know, find your own way. And, and in many cases, I think maybe these days, maybe that's the problem is the kids have little to no structure. So uh, they they are just not... I, I don't know. They're not growing... Being, being, they're, they're not growing up in the same fashion that, that somebody like myself did. Uh, there's there's yeah, I don't a know lot if less I really... rules and stuff. I don't know if I really buy that. Um, do you have you ever met somebody that's just good with kids or good with um, with people? Well, uh, yeah. I mean, other, other than myself, I guess. I mean, I, I, I tend I mean, to think that I have a, a a pretty good way of of dealing with people, though. Okay, I so I would put my I, I would put myself in that same category to where I can hang out with kids. I, I actually have some uh, cousins, nieces, and nephews. Who right. are, are have a single mom, you know, single parent? They they act up in school. One of them is taking medications, you know, all the ADD stuff and so forth. I take them out with me for the weekend. I keep them engaged. I give them responsibility and I hold them accountable when they don't live up to their uh, responsibilities and. They do fine with me. But what Mike is saying is that that's not happening with a lot of kids, and I think he's absolutely right. 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 Because they don't have the, uh, you know, both mom and dad are working to pay the extraordinary amount of taxes that they have to pay in order to just keep food on the table, and that means that there's less time for bonding with their own children, so they send them off to the government schools during the daytime, and they're expected to, uh, that's where they spend eight or nine hours every single day in the hands of these teachers and administrators that they don't have any respect for uh, either. But that's just it. Right. I'm not. I'm not spending right. three weeks or, or you know six months out of the year with these kids. I get them a couple weeks once a year, or not even a couple weeks, a few days once a year, and they act fine with me. When they're with their parents, they act very differently. What's the difference? The difference is in how I treat them and how I how I uh, you know let them stand up for themselves and make their own mistakes and so forth. Whereas you know one Christmas I gave them ounces of silver as their Christmas present. Mom, the first thing she did is, okay, let me have that. I don't want you oh guys boy. to lose it. So, you know, the the silver no was responsibility. $14. So what if they lose it? That would be, some, it was something they were all really excited about, and they were like, wow, this is cool, Uncle Sam, you know, so on and so forth. But 
if they lost that, then they would experience what it's like to have something really great and lose it. But because mom took that away from them, they never got to learn that lesson for themselves. And they're going to make that same mistake and learn that lesson one way or another. But when they're adults, it's probably going to be a far more expensive lesson than $14. <laughs> you know, I just, I just wonder why uh, in this day and age, why parents seem to... Uh, I, I, I guess maybe in, in the situation that I'm in with Laura and her son, it just seems that he's uh, very much more protected and not allowed to you know, I, screw up. I think that's make, a consequence. Make his own and learn from him. I think that's a consequence of generations growing up in the government schools and not learning some very basic skills about life and dealing with people and responsibility. Ah. And, and if you're go, if you're teaching, but he doesn't go to government school. He doesn't go to school. He's he's homeschooled. Well, that doesn't mean that doesn't really mean anything. What, where uh, did mom go to school? Yeah, where did where Laura go to school? Well, she went. It was a, uh, a government run school, uh, as 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 I did. Right, and we live we in a society did. which is, and, and this is encouraged by the government. It's encouraged. Government encourages people to set aside their responsibility and just let government take care of it for you. And so this mentality is is, is certainly something that parents understand well, and they pass it on to their kids, whether or not they're in homeschooling environments or not. They're passing it on to their kids the idea that you should be childlike for as long as possible, and while your child like we need to make sure we round off all the corners and make it so that nothing is uh, is dangerous or risky in any way you need to not be taking responsibility for your actions because you're just too young for that sort of thing when will you be ready for it well sometime in your mid-20s apparently is about when uh, most kids are ready for responsibility by the definition of the society that we're currently in and yeah well it's the reality i mean you look at these we talked about i think it was when you were on the show we talked about helicopter parents these uh, these parents that just sort of hover over their their kids when they're in college and all throughout college, just protecting them, they'll they'll come to job interviews and just crazy things like that. Yeah, just, that's just, just handhold, just Sorry. way over handholding <laughs> their kids through life. And so, if your kids don't understand responsibility and they don't have any responsibility at age thirteen when they're still in the government schools and they're bored to tears in these boring, awful government school classes, it's inevitable that they're going to act out and that there are going to be problems. And so, I think that the the the, the problems we're describing here are multi pronged and they're in several different areas, but they all have at its at their root the lack of responsibility and pr- the the lack of good parenting. I think with with good parenting, then kids would be much better off, even in the government schools. But I think, of course, if you're the best parent, you would do wa- you would do well to pull your kids out of the government schools and homeschool or send them to private schools because they're just going to get a a better learning environment. So parenting has degenerated over over the generations, and government schools have uh, have contributed. I think is the number one factor. Mark, you've just you know, been the biggest thing, you know, about you saying that is knowing that you're not a parent, and 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 that hearing that come out of your mouth is just like, wow, because um, that's exactly where I started to go off on on the whole thing, and then I just had to I just had to walk away from the entire conversation because it was starting to get me. Mike, thanks for the call tonight, dude. I Mike, tell Laura I said hi. I will. Hey, thank you guys. Yeah, it's good to know you guys are back together. I know that they were on the rocks for a little while. Thanks for the call, dude. Hey, hey, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free. 800-259-9231. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Sam. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy all the features, including 
live streams, broadband version, dial-up version, and a webcam, all completely free for you at listen.freetalklive.com. That, again, is listen.freetalklive.com. The 57th running of America's legendary sports car classic runs Saturday, March the 21st at Sebring International Raceway. Mm. (laughs) Mobile One, 12 hours of Sebring, presented by Fresh from Florida, features the... Fastest race cars in the world. Gates open Wednesday, March the 18th for four days of action, action, action. Culminating with the big 12-hour classic, Saturday, March the 21st. For ticket information, visit SebringRaceway.com. Sebring, the biggest sports car race of them all. SebringRaceway.com. We continue with your phone calls, and we talk to Sean in the U.K. across the pond. Sean, you're on Free Talk Live. Sean, in the U.K., going once. Sean in the U.K. Hello? Yeah. Good day, sir. Hey, um, how are you guys? Just super, Sean. What's on your mind tonight? Um, yeah, I was just wondering your views on uh, Satanism. Satanism, define, please. Um, everybody. Well, normally people reckon that it's a religion where you just worship Satan, but um, how's that sound to I it? I just wanted to. I just wanted to put across that although we have Satan in it, it's got some of it. It's got nothing to do with actually worshiping Satan. It's um, <clears throat> mostly eighty uh, percent of Satanists don't actually worship the devil. They don't do human sacrifice or um, anything like that, or sacrifice into the land. That's all paganism in uh, some aspects. But. Um, yeah, most most Satanists can worship God and still actually be uh, Satanists because Satanism is just really rebelling against God. And it's kind of annoying, really, when somebody comes up to you in the street or, and you're talking to them just naturally and you say, oh, well, you know, well, you wouldn't say you're in America, but in Britain because nobody cares. Um, you'd say something like, oh, yeah, I'm a Satanist. And they go, oh, do you worship the devil? And, and oh, God. One of the satanic rules, um, if they actually did go up to someone, uh, somebody did actually make conversation with them and said, <clears throat> oh, did you, do you worship the devil? And, and it annoys them, and they did actually worship the devil. One of the actual rules in the satanic Bible is, if somebody annoys you in the street, um, ask them to stop. If they don't stop, destroy them. And when I read that, oh, my God, I was on the floor rolling with laughter. But, uh, yeah, I just wanted to bring that point across because... So, hold on a second. So, are you a Satanist? Yeah. Okay, but you're one of the the Satanists that doesn't worship Satan. Is the Satanic Bible this thing written by Anton LaVey? Yeah, I think so. So, now, isn't... Wasn't he like a carny huckster? (laughs) Um... I haven't really uh, looked into the research on that because obviously I'm a Satanist that doesn't worship Satan, so I don't follow the Bible. But uh-huh. no, I thought LeVay was a Satanist that doesn't worship Satan as well. Isn't LeVay the man who's credited for creating the modern Satanistic uh, movement that actually doesn't, in point of fact, worship Satan? Shouldn't you know um, these things as a self-professed Satanist? Well, you know, I I didn't really look into it in depth because um, I have... You didn't so look into it in depth, well, wait, but you wait, wait. consider yourself now, what a part of Satan, Satanism do you like? What, what, what part of it is, is uh, gotcha into it all? Well, uh, have you ever heard of a person called Glenn Benton? He was born in Tampa, Florida. Nope. nope. Tampa Bay. I'm familiar with you the area. Uh, Not familiar with the guy. Um, he, uh, he's in a band called Deicide. Oh, I've heard I've of, heard of the band, yeah. yes. 
Yeah, well, Glenn Benton's the lead vocalist. Uh-huh. Well, I was just, um, just going about my ways now, because I was a goth slash, uh, rock rocker mm-hmm. back in the good old days when I was about 14. But, uh, I started listening to this thing and I started thinking, well, because Glenn Benton actually does worship Satan. I was like, I want to, I want this kind of image, but I want my own belief. So, I, in a way, you could say I'm rebelling against God and Satan at the same time. But <laughs> <laughs> wow, this is so what would that make you? <laughs> so you're rebelling weird. against God and Satan, and that makes you a Satanist. What is it that what uh, what what tenets of Satanism were most interesting to you? Why is it that you decided to adopt Satanism just so you could I, rebel? Is that the idea? I guess I'm curious as to why you think you're a Satanist. Why I think I'm a Satanist? Well, yeah. I did have satanic beliefs, and some I do follow with extreme precautions. But it's really you know, like, it's the individual individualist aspect of it that appeals to you. Is that that's kind of what I'm yeah. hearing? Yeah. So it's, Sorry, I'm, it's I'm not really the individual beliefs or the it's not a religious dogma that you've taken on for your life. It's really you just like to stand out and I guess have a different answer when people you, ask you, that yeah, question. Yeah, you just want to offend people, yeah. right? When people <laughs> ask you what your religion is, you just want to shock them and offend them. I understand. I did this when I was uh, in high school. I, I walked around wearing a pentagram necklace. Now, I wasn't actually a Satanist. I wouldn't have been able to tell you word one about what Satanism was. But I knew that people, boy, did they stare at that pentagram. And boy, was it uh, disturbing to them. And I really enjoyed getting a reaction out of them at that age. Is that about what you you're experiencing yeah i suppose you could say i get a i get a high from shocking people and so then there's nothing like actually about the belief system that you really that you really can cite necessarily because you weren't really even familiar with anton LaVey. well no not really <laughs> right okay so you're not really a satanist you've just taken that term because well, it's, it's so shocking well yes and no really it's okay to get a rise. I mean, it's okay to get a rise out of people. I mean, certainly uh, the the fundamentalist Christians are very easy people to get rises out of. So I'm sure that there's you're a lot quite fewer of them though I, in the in the UK. That's true. You know, I, I used well, to have a high I, in high school. I used to have a mohawk, and um, you know, I I did this same sort of thing as I wanted to get rises out of people just by how I was and um, you know the the clothes I'd wear and things like that. But I I found in uh, in real life uh, now, <laughs> that I can talk about actually the things I believe uh, as far as libertarianism and uh, that people should be free to do what they want without, as long as they don't hurt anyone else. Um, and that I shocks can, them. Yeah, I can get a more shocking, uh, you know, sort of. I, I can make a more of an impression on them with my the the words that come out of my mouth and my personality than the way I dress. Sean, I think the religion you're describing is iconoclasm. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose you could just say I'm. How, how long have you have you been listening to the Liberty Message? Is this something new to you, new for you? Um, no, um, oh, I think since January 2009. That's pretty new. That's pretty new. Yeah. So I think as as yeah. you listen to this to Free Talk Live and start to understand these ideas, I would encourage you to go out and read some of the great books, uh, Market for Liberty. These there there are forums with lot loads of great books out there to read. You'll start to come to an understanding about the world around you, about the way society works, about the way people interact, and and if you keep studying, eventually you can start to see some of the core beliefs that come into play, and it becomes very easy to really challenge uh, 
people's perception of reality and and shock them into seeing a, a well, new perspective. And, and eventually you'll want to persuade others to come on board with your belief system rather than shock them. And, and then you can wear those Circle A, uh, circle a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the call tonight, dude, and uh, welcome to the show. 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. 1-800-259-9231. That number by, uh, brought to you, by the way, by our friends at SACL CAI. More Free Talk Live in moments. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything, just dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. AdamEve.com has a special offer for you. You can go to AdamEve.com and get 50% off of one item when you type in FTL at the offer code coupon checkout. Plus, with the order of $17 or more, they'll throw in a free gift. Get 50% off with offer code FTL at AdamEve.com. they got all kinds of things there, movies, lingerie, all kinds of marital aids. AdamEve.com. 800-259-9231. 800-259-9231. Continuing with your phone calls, we will talk to Matt in Illinois on the amp line. Hello, Matt. Hi, guys. How are you this, this evening? What's yes, on sir. your mind? Um, I thought I'd call in and throw in my two cents on the uh, religious um, discussion that's been going on over the last few days. Sure. We've had, uh, just tonight alone, we've had a very devout Christian and a not-so-devout Satanist. <laughs> <laughs> I, I read, I've, I've read uh, Anton LaVey's. Uh, satanic Bible, and he likens his religion to uh, to the Christians quite a bit. The only difference, really, between his religion, uh, as he puts it, and um, uh, the Christian religion is is that he admits that he's a hedonist. Okay. Uh, basically, that's that's what Anton LaVey's uh, book is about about being a hedonist. So. Hmm. Sounds about right. Um, I've read I've read the the a portion, you know, a small amount of the book myself. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I mean, it seems like uh, most of the Satanism stuff's uh, relatively self-styled anyway. Right. Uh, and and actually, that's my beliefs. I've, you know, you're talking about beliefs here and belief systems, and, and people base their belief systems on, on a lot of things to do with faith. You know what they see happening in the world, um, and what they've read, and what they've been taught, and how much influence other people have over them. Uh, And my personal belief systems, and talking about after uh, life after death, um, personally, I think, and I've read a lot about near death experiences. I've kind of made it like a thought. Hello, Matt. Are you still there? Oh, I'm afraid we lost Matt. He can call back on that one. He has uh, um, been... Oh, wait, wait, Matt, is, Matt, no, Matt you still there? 10, Hold on, Matt, 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 back up for a moment. Back up. You totally... Matt, 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 Matt. You totally cut out. I don't know why people can't hear us when they are talking. It's very confusing. Maybe he's having trouble with his phones. Anyway, hey, Matt, can you hear us? He can't hear us. He's just talking. All right, well, we'll come back to him. So in the meantime, we'll go to Steve in South Carolina. Steve, you're on Free Talk Live. 
Steve, South Carolina, going once. Steve in South Carolina, going twice. Let's try Sean in Idaho. Sean, you are on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Sean in Idaho. Sean? I was just wondering if, uh, I have not verified this. I've heard it from a pretty good source, but it was just one source. But uh, we've got Hillary Clinton over there in China making deals for us right now. And I've wondered for a long time why China keeps buying our, our treasury bills, why China keeps propping up our debt, and thinking or us thinking that they're not going to get anything for their trouble with our with you know with the monetary collapse. Well, uh, what this source said was that she just signed away our um, the right of uh, China to come over and take our property to take to to literally take the property uh, in lieu of the debt we know that uh whose property the the u.s federal government's property or your property and my property ours all of ours uh through the uh the i can't think of the name right now domain that's it exactly yeah eminent domain they just gave uh china the right to uh, come over and seize our property. Now, this is after, you know, a few things are going to happen before this this happens, but uh, I, I just wondered if you guys had heard anything about this. It just happened today. I haven't heard anything about it, but if it does happen, I imagine they're going to have a real tough time uh, actually handing over the property to the new Chinese owners. I, I don't imagine too many Americans that have uh, been working their entire lives to purchase their homes are going to be too pleased with the idea that the government has sold it out from underneath them. Well, it's not well, sell. Uh, with the, uh, the firearms legislation that's going through right now and, and uh, a lot of other things that are, that are in play, in motion... Um, it's it's a scary thought, and it, and it was a pretty good source. And, and of course, we would be the last to know that, that you know they they'll deny it. But uh, I'm going to do some more checking. But I hope you guys will too. If you go to liveleak.com, that's where this story is. Feds grant imminent domain as collateral to China for U.S. debts, um, dated yesterday. That's amazing. Thank you, Sean, for the heads up on that. 800-259-9231. I mean, the feds can grant whatever they want. The reality is they're going to have to take that property from some people at some point, right? If they, if they in mass, take property from people, but if they take select little little berries one one. off the vine, yeah. well... I They'll get away they... with it. Yeah, that's true. We continue here with your calls. Uh, we're trying... Oh, Steve is gone. We're going to go back to Matt in Illinois. Matt, are you there? Yeah, I'm sorry. Was uh, was my connection bad or something? Yeah, something happened where you dropped out for several seconds, and then when you came back, you were just you kept, you were you were in the middle of your whatever it was that you were telling us, and we were trying to get your attention to let you know that we couldn't hear any of it, and uh, we couldn't get your attention. So I'm not sure what the phone troubles were, but now here you are. So I don't know where we, where you were originally going with. <laughs> I remember like the last word he said. But yeah, what was it? Um, so what was what was the last word I, that you remember me saying? Live. Oh, gosh. Is that really all you had? Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I was talking about, uh, you know, I've, I've uh, studied a little bit on, on near-death experiences. Oh, that's right. Okay. That's right where you uh, cut out. So go ahead. Okay. And um, some people have, uh, you know, have, have died and they've seen nothing. And other people, um, they, they go up, uh, they, they go somewhere uh, after they die and they, they experience their life that they've lived through the eyes of the people that they've affected. Oh wow, I've never heard that one. That's interesting. Yes, that that was and what they experience 
is their own is the pain that they've caused to others, mm. and um, they also experience the joy that they've caused to others. And then after that, they kind of live another existence for a while, but then they've come back to Earth, and so. Um, uh, you know, it's my belief that 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 is in fact what happens. Um, that you you live your life through the eyes of the people that you've affected over again, and you you are meant to your your soul is meant to learn some lessons from that. I think that's an interesting. I think that's an interesting viewpoint, and you're saying that it was uh, it has been corroborated by several different people that have had the near death experience. That particular that's view. Right. That's right. It's it's one of the, I'd say, when I'm you know going through all these near death experiences, about it happens maybe fifteen to twenty percent of the time they say something to, along those lines. Sounds just as plausible as any of the other explanations. I mean, the fact is, there's really no way to to know for sure. It's kind of like the law of attraction. There's no way to prove it. It does make sense, though. I mean, the idea would be that uh, it's the, your true karma there at the very end, that mm-hmm. uh, you will experience whatever it is that you've caused others to experience in your life. And uh, some of that's gonna going to come out in your actual life, wherein you, you know, if you're causing other people to experience pain and horror, then you may experience that in your own life. But if you don't get to experience that while you're alive on, on the earth, you get it after uh, you move on. But there's no permanent status of uh, and this is my understanding of the similar sort of uh, soul teachings that you're talking about the spiritual teachings the idea would be that you know you'd experience those things and then like you say you learn from them and then you can you move on you sort of stay either in the ether or you can come back down to earth and you know give it another go basically there's no right. eternal hell place for you to stay in there's no uh, damnation there's no satan there's nothing like that right that's my uh, understanding of of what happens to people and then you know, like you said, you move on, and, you know, we're all individuals, and so different individuals have different experiences when they die. Very good, Matt. Any other thoughts for us tonight? Uh, yeah, I think that babies are uh, have, are born with a personality. Very good. Thank you for the call. 800-259-9231. I don't see how you could argue that. You can bring up whatever you want. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can bring up what you want via the toll-free number 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, learn how to promote the show. Go to promote.freetalklive.com. You get a whole list of things that you can do to help Free Talk Live get into more ears around the world. Uh, Head over to promote.freetalklive.com and see what that's all about. One of the ways you can help uh, get the show out there more is to call your local talk station if they don't carry Free Talk Live and ask them real nice to carry Free Talk Live. You'd be surprised uh, what kind of an effect just one phone call can have on a a radio program director and how likely he or she is to uh, pick up the show after that. They don't get that many recommendations from uh, listeners out there, and I, you know, 
that little dropping a little bug in their ear can be very helpful. Right. It could be the difference between them noticing our Talkers Magazine advertisement and just passing it over. Because if they've heard the terms Free Talk Live before, they're more likely to pick it out when they spot our advertisements. So uh, you can work essentially in tandem with the other outreach that we're doing with our uh, with our Talkers ads and with me making phone calls to radio stations. In fact, now's a real good time to call up and talk to your local talk station because it looks like we may be the monopoly live content provider in this syndicated radio industry, for, at least for Saturday nights. That can't last long, but it's it's an opportunity in the marketplace that must be exploited. Yeah, there are a couple shows that recently are, or, or one is going to drop off the map here coming up in late May. Bob Costas does a sports talk show, which is carried on a lot of talk stations around the country on Saturday nights. He's dropping out. He's quitting. And or there's whatever they're shutting his show down, and so there that's one less live show on Saturday nights. The other guy, Rusty Humphreys, he used to do a live Saturday show. Turns out that his uh, network quietly turned his show into a refeed. They call it Saturday Night America. It was it used to be live like a year ago. Now they still call it Saturday Night America, but it's just a refeed of his uh, earlier shows from during the week. So they just kind of quietly decided to change that on their radio affiliate. So a lot of stations that are carrying that guy's show, they don't even know he's not live anymore because they didn't tell anybody wow. that they were changing it. So those two shows dropping out, they're really, I, was, I was racking my brain to try to figure out what else is live out there in syndicated radio on Saturday nights. Yeah, a lot of... A lot of program directors don't listen to their Saturday night shows. It's just it's it's just not that important to them. So, but it's a great foot in the door for Free Talk Live, yeah. who offers a Saturday night show and a weeknight show. So, so give, them a, give call. Them a call, say hi, tell them you listen. If you listen, don't lie and tell them you listen. If you don't listen, because they might ask you questions like you know what do you like the most about the station, what's your favorite show, stuff like that. So if you're a listener and you want to hear Free Talk Live, give them a call. If you're not a listener, call them and tell them you would listen if they put Free Talk Live on. That's a that's a possibility. So don't be dishonest. Just let them know how you feel. All right, our number here is 800-259-9231. We continue with your phone calls, and we talk to Tom in New Hampshire. Tom, you're on Free Talk Live. Tom, New Hampshire, going once. Do we have Tom in New Hampshire, going twice? Tom's gone. Let's try instead Bob in California. Bob, you are on Free Talk Live. Bob, California, going once. Bob, hey, hey, hey guys, can you hear me? Hey, Bob, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, yeah, my name's actually not Bob. I just used that as an alias. I'm uh, the one, uh, the guy that emailed you in regards to the Burberry of Street Services, and I got the what the services? Email. The, what was that? the posting of the 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 bill uh, the post handbills posting handbills yeah, uh, oh from the first I hour email, so I assume you guys talked about it already but I just want to call to uh, let you guys know what was the uh, end result oh what happened um so pretty much I uh, sat down with them um uh, I, they 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 got me stand there for like half an hour I guess just you know uh, I saw I saw the, the investigator guy he wasn't doing anything he was just walking back and forth in the hallway um. So they had me wait the half an hour, and after that, when I, uh, he finally spoke to me, I pretty much told him I can't pay for it. Um, and then he tried to, to reduce it a little bit, and I told him I still can't pay for it. And then um, and at the end, he, he let me um, – he, 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 was, he was kind of friendly, so he actually waived the larger uh, sum. And so I was only um, – I only had to pay the, the smaller amount. Um, so you did successfully uh, and, negotiate it down. This is uh, what we talked about at the very top of the show, where you had been posting flyers around town on uh, what would presumably were uh, power uh, power poles, things like that, uh, public yeah, property. But, but, 
and they, me a lot was that I mean this isn't like a Beverly Hills or you know area. This is in in the um, in the inner city. So yeah. I mean, there's so much graffiti. I mean, people post like I lost my dog, I lost my kids' flowers. I mean, there's so much of this stuff. So I didn't. I really. You, you were know. just blending in uh, with the other posts. Here was some questions we had for you at the beginning of the show. Since it was just an email, we couldn't get answers. So now that you're here, were you actually caught in the act of posting these, or how did they figure out who you were? I was not caught. I have I have my website up on there. So I, I, I'm assuming because uh, I got a uh, invoice in uh, at my office uh, with the amount. Um, so, so I'm assuming that they went to my website to get the address from my office. So how now? At what point did you admit to them that it was you that uh, that had posted these? Well, I, well, I mean, I mean, I could have said someone else did it, but uh, it, it. I mean, from a common sense standpoint, that wouldn't make any sense. So I just it, it I, makes I, a little I, bit. I told them that it, it, it was me, and uh, the reason I was doing it was because. I, uh, I I wanted new business because I wasn't making any money. I didn't have money. So um, you dug yourself in here. You admitted to them that you were the one who posted them, whereas otherwise they would have not no, had no way of proving that it absolutely was you. That yeah yeah yes that is true. Um, but on the other hand, I wanted to. I didn't want them to do anything to my business. Um, I didn't want them. to. Were they threatening that in the letter that they sent you? Were they threatening to do something to your business? Wasn't, but they. It said that I had to pay within uh, twenty days. Or else what? Uh, it didn't say in the letter. Um, of so course. I kind of did just give in to them. Yes, um, that's what you did. Well, I, yeah. I don't have any problem with that, but um, there there is a possibility that, uh, just think about this for a second, that if you disliked someone, you could go around posting handbills for their business. Yeah, for yeah, your competition. I, I, I did think of yeah, I, that that just did come up, but then um, I didn't want. I, I mean, it, for me, uh, for, you know, since I, I run business and and I uh, go to, still go to uh, college, um, I uh, online. I I figure it was less hassle to just pay the smaller amount than have to um, keep going back to their to their place. I agree. You know, if, if they. Um, if they investigate, yeah, yeah I agree. They're... If you got that that smaller amount, uh, that it was worth just giving them the money and making them go away, right? If they can't get your money, you should give them your obedience. So how are you? <laughs> <laughs> so how are you going to um, do the? Uh, how, how are you going to advertise for your business now that you don't get the uh, low cost uh, posting handbills option? Well, I'm going to keep doing it. I said I'm a, I'm a, I'm not going to put the website. I'm just going to uh, I'm going to register a new number. And then I'm gonna have a number where they can just leave a voicemail, and I'll call them back. So that's why I was thinking. But what really bothered me was that in the inner city of LA, there's so much graffiti. I mean, they instead of going after those guys, they go after someone that's trying to um, to run, you know, run a business essentially. I think it's interesting that uh, that after you've paid hundreds of dollars, presumably the low, whatever the lower amount was that they were trying to find you, that after you've gone and done that, you still are going to continue putting up the flyers. So their fine didn't actually stop you from engaging in the behavior that they had intended to stop you from engaging in. And well, yes, sir. Well, actually, he. Um, the way the investigator said, he actually made it sound like he wanted me to, to continue. He said that uh, um, he actually told me that a lot of industries, they go around posting flyers. And he said, in the future, if I want to, to do this, just make sure I have the budget for it. Ask the what? Make sure you have the budget for it. 
Yeah, yeah. Meaning, make sure you're prepared to pay it's another fine. It's just taxes. The fine yeah, is just yeah, taxes. Yeah, exactly. that, That's what, what he, 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 he told me. He, he, he kind of whispered it in a way. He, I mean, he didn't say it like loudly so everyone else could hear, but that's pretty much what he said. He said a lot of uh, if industries do that because uh, he said that, uh, for example, it, it's cheaper than having a radio ad for 30 seconds. Um, uh, so that was the analogy that he used. Do these things actually work? Do these posts around town actually result in business? Um, it, it, it did actually. Um, so that's why I'm gonna keep keep doing it. Um, just for your information, a 30 second radio ad on Free Talk Live, 25 bucks. Thanks for the call tonight, dude. 800-259-9231. I don't think he should have. I mean, Mark, I realize you're uh, you're kind of the, uh, the the man on the show. You side with the man as often as you possibly can. But I don't think this guy should have said anything to these guys. I think they uh, they sent him the invoice. They expected him to pay. He should have just ignored them or wrote written them back and said, "I'm sorry, I'm not sure what you're referring to." I have no knowledge of this. I, I, I don't know what he should have done. I understand why he would have did saved it. him a few hundred bucks. Um, it, it may have. Uh, who knows what they would have done? How they would have come after him? I mean, who knows? They, they had his web, web address, and they had a web address. They have no idea who put that web address on that flyer. They have no idea who printed the flyer out. They didn't have any idea until he told them. Yeah, it was me. And then once he told them that, he's done. hour 3 is coming up. You bring up whatever you want. It's like they say, anything you say can and and will will be used against you. Hour 3 on the way. You bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, launching at hour number three. You can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Sam. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features we give to you, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com's. We continue taking your phone calls about anything. Going to John in New Hampshire. John, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight, John? I was wondering, I haven't been out up to date on Free Talk Live lately. There's the secession, so-called secession bill that's uh, happening at the State House on Wednesday. The rally. Yeah, there's a big rally going on. And apparently some people are going there to support this, uh, what seems to me a bunch of merely mouth nonsense about you know, if the government takes, you know, if the federal government takes another step against the Constitution. I think it's over a long time ago. I agree with you. I would agree with you, John, but I think it's important for somebody to stand up and start changing the conversation because right now nobody's really talking about secession on a national scale, and I think this would draw some attention to the topic. I'd also, um, and John, I agree, I, I, I too agree, John, and I'd like to also point out, though, that there are people that may sign up for the Free State Project, very active, dynamic people that would be interested in um, something like this, and then may have their opinion changed more towards your, um, you know, peaceful liberty, uh, you know, a complete liberty viewpoint. Because um, I would say that you and I would probably have been uh, very excited at one point in our lives about this bill. Absolutely. And and you know what, guys, I, uh, maybe I didn't sound like it, but it sounds like an exciting rally to me. Yeah. The reason that's a, that it sounds exciting is that there's going to be people there that are trying to influence the political process. 
there's also going to be some folks, some of us from Grafton, New Hampshire, are going to go down there, and we might be wearing silly costumes. Mm-hmm. We're going to get together with friends. We're going to just protest government in general. And we're going to show that we're fed up with their so-called authority over us, which is really just force. And you know what? It'll send the message, maybe, to, to you know, Democrats now uh, might not like it because Obama's in office. And yep. They would have loved it if Bush was in there. And yep. Republicans, you know, they will agree with us now if, if we said we should secede. Or, or, you know what, they're a little more mealy-mouthed than that because they all love mummy government, it seems. So, so I guess some of us from Grafton and maybe some of you guys from Keene, different parts of the state, we're going to kind of thumb our nose at the whole bunch of them. Cause, you know, we're trying it. You know, we, we get the NHLA, which is you know, a good, good bunch of gals and guys that are, that are working their tails off to do what they can do. But there's not a whole lot of freedom left in this country. And we got to stop pretending that there is. And we well, I agree with you, John. I think that the the resolution you're talking about, HCR six, it is essentially nothing more than a lot of talk. Uh, it doesn't really do anything. It's just a resolution. It doesn't mean anything's going to happen as far as secession. So I'm with you. I'm uh, you know, it's it's a disappointing situation. However, it is the first step. Uh, it's a very you know baby teeny little wee, teensy weensy little step, and it's something, and it deserves to be supported. And and let me, let me tell you, with the baby little step, many many years ago, I had a little political you know little button lapel button or whatever they call that um, that I found many years ago, and it was a little yellow button that said U.S. out of fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. And I thought that's pretty cool because there's a lot of places the U.S. shouldn't be, and I've recently thought. I'm filling in the blank, and I'm saying U.S. out of New Hampshire. I love it. Thank you, John, for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. I'm completely with you, and I'm not a fan of political solutions. However, Dennis Goddard, he did mention the NHLA. That's the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance. And Dennis Goddard is one of the guys over there, and he calls the show with updates on what's going on on the political scene here in New Hampshire. And I got to give those guys credit; they are actually having an effect. They're they're making things happen within the the awful, slow plotting those guys political being, system. You, know, you guys, I I am a member of the NHLA, and I'm a proud member. Right, uh, Dennis uh, is doing a great job out there, and Mark and you and the hundreds others that are that are involved in his organization. And it's an organization that could not exist were it not for the Free State Project, were it not for these hundreds of activists who are moving in here from all across the country in order to be active for liberty. Now, of course, we can sit here and say all we want that, well, if those hundreds of activists would just refuse to obey, then the entire system would uh, would crumble under the weight of all of that activism. But the reality is most people are not ready for uh, for that kind of activism. They uh, they are not con- uh, they're not comfortable with putting anything significant at risk. That's why they engage in the political process, because it's a very low-risk endeavor. And commensurate with its amount of risk is is the amount of reward. Since there's very little risk, there's also very little reward, and so it takes forever to get anything done in the political realm. However, uh, again, this a step in the right direction is a step in the right direction, and this is going to be a major rally. There is probably going to be a few hundred people that turn out for it um, next week. I think it's, was it the 4th? Yeah, it's the 4th. It sounds right. It's, uh, it's Wednesday morning, so it's the day before the start of the Liberty Forum in Concord, New Hampshire. If you're going to be in the area, you should come up. There are going to be a lot of people out there. You heard John even the even the anarchists, the voluntarists, are going to be showing up in uh, in force apparently. 
And costumes, apparently. And I think that's great. Uh, <laughs> it was Lauren and Jim that uh, that were at the Real ID rally, which was also a very large rally a few years ago that I thought really did a, a brilliant job of satirizing the whole government ID situation. They dressed up as Nazi soldiers and were stopping people as they were trying to uh, to enter the rally, demanding identification. It was very uh, poignant street theater, and I thought it was uh, it was brilliant. So and and it made of course a lot of good photographs for the newspapermen that came around and that sort of thing. So instead of just people standing around holding signs, we actually had some street theater, which I thought was great. Uh, but one of the other things that's happening here is the one of the sponsors of this piece of legislation has gotten on national television to talk about it. Dan Itza is the sponsor. He's a relatively liberty-oriented dude, and he's been on so far at least the Glenn Beck show on the Fox News channel, and as well as another morning show on Fox News. And both times he's mentioned the free state. And that has resulted in people Googling. Now, he hasn't actually said free state project. He hasn't given out the URL, but... It has resulted in people finding the Free State Project. I mean, the signups are, are, are up. up right now, and I don't know whether it, it's not entirely to do with Mr. It, Mr. Itza because no, they were up before that. They've been up since the honestly the Obama um, you know election, and it's it, I, I we were moving right along. People. Right, it wasn't long ago that we crossed the nine thousand mark, and we're almost up to ninety one hundred. So there've been a hundred you know ninety something signups within the last couple weeks or a few weeks, and so. So all the publicity that we can milk from this resolution, even if it doesn't end up passing, though if it passes, it'll be even better, whatever we can milk from it is a benefit to this movement because it's going to bring new people in. And Mark, as you said, even if they come in on the political side, eventually they're going to come across the voluntarist message, and it's such an attractive, such an, uh, an important message, inevitably they're going to absorb it and come in our direction. So there, there are plenty of reasons for voluntarists to be out there in support of this, I think. And the fact is you and I both took the political route at some point, Ian. That's true. We did, and I'm still somewhat involved in it. I'm I'm, I'm going out to this, and we've got some people that are going to be running for office here in Keene this time around. A couple years ago, we had Julia run. Uh, My girlfriend ran for city council. She was so disgusted with the whole political process, she's never going to do it again. But luckily, there are other people who are going to give it a shot this time around. There are going to be even more candidates, more liberty-oriented candidates this time. In fact, what we're going to see happen now is that a lot of the local New Hampshire natives are going to be throwing their hats into the ring. At least two of them have uh, committed to do so in the Keene area. And so they're not going to be able, the opposition is not going to be able to single these people out and say, free stater, free stater, because they're New Hampshire natives. And so that'll, be, that'll make for a very interesting election season coming up here in New Hampshire. And as far as I'm concerned, anything we can do to get the ideas of freedom out into the population is within, is in, within the realm of something I'm willing to participate in. And the reality is, politics, as distasteful, disgusting, and inefficient as it is, is seen as important by a lot of people. And so, therefore, when you run for an office, the newspaper wants to interview you. You get a spot on the radio to talk about your candidacy, which means you get to talk about liberty. It's seen as important, but it's also filled with people who care, who want, who are not happy with the way things are, and they're, they're willing to get up and go out and actually do something to make a change in the world. You know, what they're doing may not be the most effective approach that they can take, but the fact is they're motivated, and that's more than what 99% of the people out there are willing to do. 
So true. And also, it makes for, for a mer, more permanent change in that, uh, you know, it, it, it secures in writing with the force of government freedoms that uh, might otherwise have been taken away. Toll-free number here, 800-259-9231. little good news and a little bad news out of Washington, D.C., plus your calls about whatever you want. That's the primary element of the show. You dial in toll-free to 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and we'll take your calls about anything. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, the toll-free number for you to take control of the airwaves, 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything, 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by our friends at SACL CAI. It is Ian here with you. And Sam. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com features including the Shrine of Female Listeners. Dozens of ladies, they've sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. So head over to shrine.freetalklive.com, see what it's all about, and check out the new video validation option. Now, no one has yet validated with video, but it is now an option. So keep that in mind, ladies. Shrine.freetalklive.com. As we said, uh, Free Talk Live is sponsored by Sacl C. AI. They do collections, and they do it in a respectful manner. They know that you want to keep your clients as well as collecting your, your money from them. So, SACL CAI, for collections where they don't break kneecaps. All right, we continue with your phone calls. John is in Austin. John, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, can you hear me? Hey, what's on your mind tonight, John? Hey, yeah, well, I, I was calling because I, I, uh, someone was handing out CDs uh, about Obama, and I just want to know what, what your opinion on this was. Uh, the CD says His Majesty Obama, change we can believe in, and it talks about, uh, you know, it talks about Rastafari from Africa and all these other types of things. And I was, I was, uh, the comment I had was, uh, I see magazines and everything like this with uh, Obama on it, and it's Black Enterprise, Ebony, and uh, I was wondering, uh, you know, you know this. This might, uh, I don't know, might, I don't think it'll, it'll offend anybody because it's the truth, but why, um, I'm wondering why people keep uh, dwelling on slavery and, and trying to make themselves, uh, to me, them having a magazine that says uh, um, Ebony and Black Enterprise, what, what if there was a magazine called uh, White Enterprise? I mean, uh, to me, uh, you know, I think racism is just something that they can use as a trump card for anything that they want, and Al Sharpton uh, is just a crybaby and pretty much just looks – it seems like he scans through the news and just looks for anything to cry about. And uh, no no one cares about racism anymore. It's it's almost like a dead horse. I mean, okay, uh, you know, you uh, – well, I don't no, know if you can African, make a. This is, I don't know if you can make a blanket statement that no one right. cares about racism. I understand where people he's, do. He's coming. Let me, from. let me finish though. The, it, them, in effect, uh, of saying, um, "Oh well, um, black enterprise. We have a black person in the White House. Uh, that is racism in itself." And uh, I don't know what they they keep mentioning race. So, in 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 fact. They're promoting racism in a, in a perpetual cycle. I agree you with I mean? you in some in some in some ways. I definitely agree with you, and I, I've I've got an analogy here that I'd like to give in just a second. But I think that the least important thing about Barack Obama is the amount of melanin in his skin, and I think right. that people make far 
far too much of a big deal about it. And here's the schism that goes on sort of between black culture and white culture. Now I'm going to make it a, I'm going to make blanket generalizations here. Okay. White people and black people don't necessarily fit into these categories. However, some people in those cultures and loud enough ones do is the vast majority of white people really don't care about race. And the vast majority of black people still feel the pain of racism in some way, shape, or form. Now, I, I would say that the system has uh, been, uh, throughout time, in a, uh, you know, built in a racist fashion, and we don't see that as white people. But you and I don't sit around and think about race. My race exactly. doesn't come into my thought process maybe once a week when it's brought up to me. Now, and that's, that is the way it is for people who are in the dominant culture, um, in a, uh, a particular, uh, you know, culture. And so, I mean, you know, we're the, we're the dominant ones, so we don't have to think about these things. And what, one more comment is, if, you know, if someone wants to bring up slavery, what they need to bring up is that it was their own African people that sold them to slave traders. Yeah. See what I mean? Yeah, I understand um, that you know, there's there's um, like you're saying I'm not responsible, and it's it's true. Yes. you and I have never owned any slaves, so we are not responsible for it, and we're not responsible for the institutionalized racism out there. But try yes. to think about it like this. I'm going to give you this analogy now. Um, that there's a there's a rape victim who says. I've been, you know, like I've been hurt, I've been raped, I've been treated terribly, and I was treated terribly by a man. And then, sort of, as you, you know, get to know the rape victim, hear more conversation for this rape, rape victim, she talks an awful lot about having been raped and an awful lot about how bad men are. And at some point, you say to yourself, uh, you say maybe to yourself or out loud, look, just because I'm a man doesn't mean I'm a rapist, you know, and it's like there's there's a point where you, you know, it's OK for her to talk about it and get the the, uh -huh. the pain and the, the suffering off of her chest. And and certainly what happened to her was bad. You would agree. Yes. But, you know, and then it gets a little too far and then you get sort of bitter. Look, lady, you're just a man hater. You you hate me because I'm a man and I didn't rape you, lady. So yeah, and I feel Al Sharpton's doing more harm than good. And uh, I think a lot of pe black people think that. All right, hold yeah, on. And it, and it would it would serve it would serve people uh, good if they just stopped bringing up like you're saying the color of his skin. Okay, hold on, just, hold on, hold uh, on, hold on. Let's just judge the man by what he can do and what he can do for for people and uh, see see what see what happens in the next year or two. I mean, uh, instead of going off and and like on the CD, putting that he's his majesty, I mean, why don't they just put that he's God? Okay, you know well, I mean? hold on. I think there's there's a lot of things going on here. Certainly, do, do you understand that what's on this CD, reading it as a white person, might mean something a little different to you than a black person? Okay. I mean, do you do you even conceive that, Mark? You're talking about how race is yeah, not. I understand an, that. Okay. But here's the thing. Hold I mean, on, though. Hold my, on. My hold on. Is, hold on. Is, uh, let him, let him give, you know, give his example. Let like him the, give him his example. He hasn't finished it's yet. Almost like. Mark, you were talking like, about as the dominant uh, race. Like a, your. Blacks don't want to let go. <laughs> He's just going to keep going. Uh, hold on, dude. We're trying to make a point here. Okay. Mark, you're talking about as the dominant race, as white people, race is not an everyday part of your life. It's not something you considered, and and that you probably believe yourself to not be racist and you know to be fair and so forth. True. Yeah. Yes, and I, I, actually, I'm certain that I'm not a racist. Okay. 
I I was right there with you. I did not believe that I was racist. I had uh, you know black people in my life. They were friends of mine, not not close friends, granted, but you know friends. And I went to an all black club for the first time. I won't go into details, but I I walked into this place expecting people because I was going with a black female. There were three white guys there the whole night. I thought they were going to give me a hard time. I expected them to give me you know, mean-looking stares. What are you doing in here, cracker? That sort of thing. None of that. It totally it it shattered all of my expectations of how that evening. No, was. and I know this. Uh, my business partner is actually uh, black, and uh, my point was that the media keeps trying to perpetuate this. And they okay, keep, but hold on. My point is the, like the point is I had all of these underlying beliefs made that I made up about the way black people were about uh, what they believed that that I just had accepted as my reality of what was true about blacks. And I turned out, that night made me realize that I was completely wrong and that all of these beliefs that I just believed to be right about black people were racist. Because the media tries to perpetuate that. No, because I bought into those beliefs. I don't condone racism. Because I... Just the same way... The same way the media perpetuates Mexicans to be just uh, all the time mowing lawns. And Hang on, I'm going to bring ridiculous. this guy back here in a moment. More on the way, uh, racism in America. I say just leave it alone and get on with your life. Uh, more coming up. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. The show is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Sam. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, including live streams, broadband dial-up, and webcam versions of the show, all free for you at listen.freetalklive.com. You want some more great liberty-oriented content, you should visit Sam's website at obscuredtruth.com. It's going to take you to his YouTube channel, uh, and you'll see all kinds of neat videos of Sam's adventures in legal land, uh, which, of course, are probably going to continue here at some point in New Hampshire, obscuredtruth.com is his website. 800-259-9231 is our number. We've got John on the line still in Austin. Now, John, you called with yeah. uh, with with a sense of frustration, uh, with a sense of frustration over what, from my understanding of what you said, was that uh, the media is harping on the fact that uh, Barack Obama is b- a black man and yeah. that uh, it bothers you, you know, people like Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson out there who deemed to, oh, uh, who deigned to speak for all black people, which, of course, everybody knows is ludicrous. No, they can't speak for anybody right. other than themselves themselves and uh, you're frustrated you, you believe that having black magazines like ebony and black businessmen or whatever is in some way inherently racist Correct. i uh, i don't necessarily agree with you i think that uh, in those well, in the cases of those understand? magazines hang on a second in the cases of those magazines they're probably just people who who believe that they have a very specific culture within a a, a subculture in the in the black um, community so to speak and and they're they're simply catering to that uh, it it bothers you and I, I i guess i can understand where you're coming from but my question you're for you is why do you let it why do you let it get to uh, you john why do you let it bother you so much no it doesn't that's the thing. It doesn't bother me, but I'd just like to point out the fact that uh, if 
it's almost a double standard. If I were to, let's say, if I were to come out with a magazine that said uh, "white businessman" or uh, so, who? I mean, who cares if it's a white businessman or a black businessman or an Asian businessman? The thing is, it's a businessman, so who who cares? Uh, that's that's the whole issue. Who, and what, who cares? what the media keeps forgetting is that Barack Obama is half white himself. Who cares? Is the I, I people who are reading the I... magazine? What does it matter if the if somebody wants to put a magazine together that's based around black culture? Well, okay. Do you think well, we okay, all need to be the same? A magazine out that said, "Oh, white white magazine." I'm looking uh, here at India magazine. Are these people bigots and racist too? Because they want to do a magazine it that focuses so, that co- has so. the. Hold on. Are these people racist because they want to put a magazine together that tells? Stories from the perspective and from the culture of Indian heritage? That's all you're talking about here. That's not racist, sir. What magazine is this? I'll go pick it up. It's called India? India magazine. magazine called Southern Comfort? Everything is out there. uh, Southern Living. Southern Living. I mean, the bottom line is... I agree Like like I said, what does it matter who who it is? The thing is, let's say, uh, oh, well, he's the first, uh, just example, he's the first African-American president. Okay, well... I'm the first. Let's say I'm the first person to wear she- red shoes to climb a tree. Who cares? I mean, uh, that, that's what I'm trying to understand. Is it seems like you're really upset about Asian something? And I, I know you're saying whatever. you're not upset, but it sounds to me like you're really upset about this. Well, Why don't you go and start your? I mean, if it's to, uh, if what you want to like do, John, that, is start a magazine called White Businessman, John. John, hello, John. We're trying to have a conversation here. If you want to go start yourself a magazine called White Businessman, you're welcome to go and do that. I agree with you. It'll probably be seen. I'm sorry? And I'll probably be sued by the NAACP. I can't see why that would happen, but uh, if you wanted to go off and do something like that, you certainly have the freedom to do it. It would be a little strange. I I agree to some extent with what John says here. Likely he would be sued by the NAACP, and you know that the federal government... For what? For being a bigot. Do you don't think Denny's kick got sued when they kicked the people out or made people pay in advance because they were black? The fact is, in this country, if you discriminate against people based on their your race, on their race, how is which, how, how is writing about a white mag about white people in a magazine discriminating? I don't know. I, do do I want to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars fighting the NAACP's lawyers to find out? I mean, well, let me ask you this: If someone, if I, well, I've well, seen you're, people you're, you're, uh, openly with tattoos at the gym that say "Black Power," if someone were to if I were to have a, um, a tattoo that says white power, I would be kicked out of the gym. How do you explain that as far as a double standard? How, you, you've done this and you've been kicked out of the gym, or is this just what no, you're I've making up to justify your paradigm, sir? You have but, a lot of excuses. I've heard one excuse after another after another as to why no, you can't you do example, something. You, you can't answer me because your answers will prove my point. No, my answers don't prove my your. <laughs> All I'm hearing is you come in and complain about how, what other people are doing, well, trying, and then you have a nice little, keep, hold on. And doesn't want to listen to a word Talk you have to say. You don't want to listen are. to anybody, and you have nice little excuses as to why you couldn't go out and create a white magazine, or you couldn't do this because, oh, all these other people out here wouldn't let me. Well, well okay, no, let, let that's you you're being a, a total, complete victim. If you think that, but, that d- the magazines what? aren't fair, then go out and create one that works. Well, let me ask you this. You, you sound like you're, I mean, I'm not trying to, uh, anything, but here's the thing. You sound like you're, you're, you're saying, oh, well, I, I have black friends. Usually when people say they have black friends, they have to trumpet that they have them because they're inherently racist. And 
I have a, like I told you, I have a black business partner. I don't go around telling everybody how he's black. It doesn't matter if he's black or white or green. Or, I don't even care. The thing is, he's my business partner and he does good business. That's the thing. I mean, you, you seem like you have to go trumpet the fact and you're trying to be righteous on the radio. I mean, I'm trying to, I'm trying to ask you a serious question or, or just your opinion. Okay. And all you do is try to trumpet your, your uh, morals and how you're not racist. I mean, wh- who do you think you are? I told a story about uh, some, uh, how I came to realize that I was carrying around several beliefs that, in effect, were very racist. He must not have been listening to yeah, you. Yeah, I Sam. guess you were talking over me, so you didn't hear that part, huh? So, so I, I agree that if somebody has a black power tattoo, that sounds like a kind of a racist tattoo. Uh, and if, the, if your gym isn't kicking people out for, ex, for, uh, for essentially showing people their racism, then you need to take that up with the, uh, the gym owner. They've got a policy that you disagree with, but you've apparently kept your mouth shut about it. I wouldn't want to be around racists of any color. I don't care who they are. And I'm, I don't know what, uh, it, it frustrates me. I don't want to be around anybody who's racist so if a business owner is allowing racists into his establishment whether they're from asia or whether they're from africa or wherever it is they're from then you should take that up with the business owner and what i'm saying is that someone who walks into the gym with a tattoo that says black power may seem like a racist tattoo to a white person but maybe not to a black person Maybe their context of the world is radically different from your from yours, and that's the understanding that I came to by going to an all-black club with all of my expectations of how black people were that turned out to be completely shattered at the end of the night. Well, that that's fine. I've never actually had those connotations or anything like that about any any race, really. I just judge a person by the actual person, because I, I really don't care, uh, really, to be honest. I mean, uh I that's think that's great. So I think that's how people should be judged. They should power, like I'm telling you. Uh, let's say a swastika. Every the white people and black people will assume that they're they're some sort of devil or something. But this, since they have black power, they assume that oh well, there's some sort of uh, um, you know they're fighting for their rights. You know, and it, it it just doesn't make any sense to me. Is what I'm trying to say. I agree with you, and John. I, I hope uh, people just have enough common sense to sit there and say, well, uh, black power, white power. Uh, Ebony Magazine. Does this really even matter? I mean, uh, it matters to you. You made the phone call tonight. It doesn't matter a whit to me personally. I'm with you. I judge people based on their individual choices and their individual decisions. But it sounds to me like you're really concerned about this. That's why you called tonight. I I think you guys are jumping all over this guy. John, hold on. John, hold on for just a second. I think you guys are jumping all over this guy for nothing. What I hear everyone saying here is race is not an issue to me and my life. But it is to John. That's why he called tonight, because he's no, frustrated. John what, what is seeing, people, John is seeing I, I somebody passing out a... What I want people a, to understand is that, um, you know, it doesn't matter. We're all in the, same, in the same boat. We're all in the same economy. So let's stop crapping around about racism, and let's start trying to deal with the real issues. Racism is just... Uh, some sort of side issue that everybody keeps trying to bring to the forefront. I agree with you, just like you did by calling tonight. Thanks for the call, John. Okay. I agree with his with that last part of his message, the idea that race is something people should ignore. So should you ignore racism? No, I think racism is despicable. What John was saying was the, the exalting of your own race is to some extent racism. And I wouldn't disagree. I, I do think I would that there agree needs to be that. a certain amount of sensitivity among whites to what it would be like to be black in America and what it has been More like. way, this is Free Talk Live.
This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up what you want. Dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Sam. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And if you like this show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link. Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. Whatever it is you need to buy in life, dozens of categories in which you can shop, even used items, a percentage of your sale will go to Free Talk Live. If you enter through amazon.freetalklive.com, and we want to invite you to the Liberty Forum. It's not too late to get registered. We've been talking about it for months on this show. Freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum is the place to go to get registered online. And you want to get registered online by March 1st because if you wait too long, if you wait uh, till past Sunday, then you are not going to be able to get into the keynote speeches. You're not going to be able to get into those dinners. So if you want to see Dr. Mary Ruart speak, if you want to see Richard Heller speak, you need to get registered online at freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. You can still save 10% with our discount code 2009FTL. That's 2009FTL. And if you wait too long or maybe you just can't commit until the last minute, uh, you will still be able to get tickets at the door. Obviously, the the rates will probably be up slightly at the door. And again, you will not be able to get into the dinners unless you get registered online at freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. Okay, so we uh, left that last segment uh, with you guys uh, arguing, all of us arguing over the uh, this race issue here. We had John call in from Austin expressing his frustration. Uh, he's frustrated that there can be an ebony magazine, but there can't be a white magazine. And it seems to me like there are plenty of white magazines out there. They just don't say white person on the you know the front of it. It's you know cosmopolitan or whatever it is that they all are. I mean most magazines are made by the people that are involved in the, uh, the, for lack of a better term, white culture. I mean, the reality is there are some differences between cultures in this country. I'm not trying to say that it's inherently divided on racial lines. I think there are people that are are crossing over There's between those lines. There's lots of people crossing over the lines. And, right. But I also think that it might be, you know, that it's uh, blind, that you're, you're walking around with blinders on if you say there isn't something out there called black culture. Now, I'm not saying every Black person is a, a part of black culture, but I think that there's something like that out there. And you could call, you can use another word if it'll make you feel better. But I think there is this black culture out there. And John was saying that there was that he had encountered somebody selling a CD or giving away CDs that said something like, uh, you know, Barack Obama, His Majesty, and that. The, the, Sounds like a joke to me. It, well, it could be. I don't. I'm going to assume that it wasn't because that's what he's talking about. And there certainly yeah. are people out there that are, you know, like I might consider all these things to jo- to be a joke. I've considered collecting some of them. I've seen candles with Barack Obama a pla- replacing Jesus. Somebody's got that <laughs> thing up as an actual icon. Somebody mm-hmm. believes that Barack Obama is, you know, the the savior come, and. I, so I'm going to assume that what he's complaining about is these people that uh, w- would be believing that Barack Obama is somehow here as the savior and that he's better, that he, like he's the black Jesus, that kind of thing. There are people out there that believe that. I don't believe for a second that that's the majority of black people, but that's um, – but, you know, it's like – 
I, I hear far too much about his race. It is the least important thing to me, and I believe that the more conversations that we have about one race, you know, like about race, separate us, not bring us together. Um, I, I agree with that. But, and I, but do you think it's okay to have a? You you disagree? I disagree. Yeah, I, I think these conversations help us understand. I mean, what do white people do to celebrate their culture? Really, not much. I mean, as white culture, yeah, I mean, as white or, people. As white people, nothing, but as humans... Could that be the reason there's no white businessman magazine? Well, we don't need one, because what Ian said, essentially well, every business magazine is a is a, is a white business magazine. I don't have a problem with black, black business people, magazines, black people, because those people are facing uh, you know different kinds of issues than I would be in business, so I don't have a problem with them having a magazine focused towards them. I just, I do have a problem with everybody, you know, the first thing, when Barack Obama was getting... You know that inauguration time. The first things out of the um, any of any newscaster's mouth was the first African American president. I, you know, like I'm a little put off by that. Okay, um, <laughs> let's see. Black people don't need this. They don't need an Ebony magazine. They would get along just fine without it. But the fact is, it is part of their culture. It's not part of white people's culture to celebrate being white. You're saying because we don't need it, but it's just not part of our culture, but it is part of theirs. And I think that is such a huge disconnect between uh, between whites and blacks that that people choose to let divide them. They think from their own paradigm of, well, I'm white and white people don't do this. So therefore, all people shouldn't do this. And they try and apply. I was I found myself trying to apply the white paradigm to the other groups. So I would make up that black people were silly or that they all they talk loud and they're you know, rambunctious or whatever. And it was really just out of my misunderstanding of what it's like to be part of the black culture, to grow up in that context of the world. I, I'm I'm with you. I understand I understand where you're coming from on that, and that there needs to be a certain amount of understanding for that, and that will put us all in uh, us being both blacks and whites and and anybody in between all in good stead. Um, but I also think that there's like there's a crutch. And that crutch is I am black. And agreed, agreed. If you, if and you I throw think... down that crutch, that life will be better. My best friend Julian is blackish. He's half black or half white or something like that. And I'll tell you what, he's just as disgusted that the first thing that came out of their mouth was that Barack Obama was the first African American president. He's like, yes, it makes me sick. And so, like, his opinion is valid for that because he's black, and my opinion's invalid because I'm white. But it's the same opinion, and that's a problem. The the problem I have with that being the first um, statement about about Barack Obama, that he's this new African-American president, or the first, is that it's being used as propaganda to get people to buy into this system that has screwed them over time and time again. It's just another sure. excuse to, to sucker people in and say, hey, come get a little more of what we've got, because, you know, now we've got... Because it doesn't uh, suck too much. Yeah, now we've got the black guy here to represent you, so come believe in our system a little while longer. That's the problem I have with it. Not that they're pointing out that he's black, because certainly there are a lot of people who are very proud. Slumdog Millionaire, I mean, look at that movie. The The people in the slums in India were thrilled with that movie, and it's created a lot of excitement there because 
people around the world are getting a sense of what it's like to take part in that culture, to be a, a person in the slums. I want to go to the phones and talk to G in New York. G, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, this is me. Can you hear me? Hey, G, yep. you're on the air. What's on your mind tonight? Right. Yeah. Hey, fellas, man, you're you're definitely right on point. And all I could definitely tell you is this, man. The only people that worry about race are racist. I have lots of friends that are white, black, yellow, brown, red, any color I can't think of I just mentioned. That never matters to any of us because all that matters is who you are and, and what you do. It doesn't even matter where you're actually from sometimes. So... You know, and I could actually explain things to certain people. Like, for example, like this guy calls up and say, "Why is there a uh, ebony magazine?" It's because back uh, 200 years ago, it was illegal for black people to even read. Hmm. Do, do they understand that? You know, but nowadays, that's those times are kind of over. And but there are also stupid black people. So you know, this guy's like he he lives in some neighborhood with some dude who's wearing a shirt that says black power, who does whatever he does. And then, like you said, why do you even care what this yeah. other person is doing? He's not taking any money out of your pocket, or, you know, I, you could do, who cares what he does? And do you agree with the point that blacks are going to have a different context of the world, and therefore they're going to like reading stories that are told from their context as opposed to some white guys? <laughs> I mean, I mean, look, I'll, I'll tell you this, man, right? <laughs> I've been black my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> we assumed. <laughs> and, 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 and again, it, it, it doesn't even matter. Like, for, I'll tell you straight up, one of my white friends has never even asked me what it's like to be black because it doesn't even matter. But, I mean, because they understand these things. But if you hang around with stupid people, they'll ask you stupid questions. So, of course, you know, obviously there's a whole bunch of black people that are stupid running around saying, oh, I'm happy that the president is, that, is black and it's not. Meanwhile, the president isn't black. He's black and white. Yeah. But somebody made a rule someday saying that, oh, if this person is half black and he's also half white, <laughs> is the president black or is he white? Which one? You know, those things don't even matter. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter at all. I'm glad you called in tonight, G. We're out yeah, of time. We're on the same Thanks, Sue. Yep, we are all the same, just people with uh, slightly different features. That's about it, and that's about all. And I think that, uh, you know, if somebody's bugging you with their attitude or that whatever it is they're wearing, then either deal with it or get over it. You know, talk to the management and have them change the rules. Look or, at your beliefs. And yeah. What is it that's got you resisting that uh, appearance? And throw down your crutches. More on the way tomorrow night. Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.